Hey, everybody. It is Thursday, January 20th, and it is a new episode of the Prove It Live podcast. And, uh, Mike, it looks like it's just like you and I said. We're missing like a, well, I'd say a third, but. Two EO today. Two EO. I mean, it's more than a third. I mean, it's more than a third. I mean, by by size wise, right? I mean, it's more like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially, especially since he's not here, he's clearly the biggest. Yes, without question. No yeah. doubt. So we got, you know, a little mix of Michigasa stuff we want to we're gonna go over. Uh, first, um, we got a lot of positive feedback about uh, last week's guest, uh, Dr. Rodney White, um, who's a chiropractor from uh, Omaha, Nebraska, via, by way of uh, Australia, who was, you know, really talking to us about nutrition and using our immune system as God forbid, a tool in the toolbox as a fight against COVID. And, right. uh, you know, a lot of things have happened actually since last week in regards wow. to COVID. Um, just last night, England just said, we're done. Yep. We're done. No more masks, no more mask mandates, no more lockdowns, get back to your life. And then apparently our president just ordered 450,000 masks that are we don't need but anyway um so good for england um we do have to find a way around this a way to live with it um and so far i don't care what side of the political spectrum you are being inside masked up not going out has certainly failed by all like by every number imaginable even you know the uh the money ball He's such a good hitter. Why isn't he hit so good? <laughs> no, this is working. How come the numbers aren't going down? You know, and it's it is a bummer that it has become a political thing. And I and I can tell you, <clears throat> um, in the last uh, you know, in the in the few days after the last podcast, I myself picked up COVID, um, and you know, I had some symptoms for about you know I don't know twenty four hours ago or, or so had a you know a fever. Not not too bad, like you know, 100, and I think it maybe got up to like 100.8, something like that. Um, but uh, but yeah, feeling better now. My voice is still a little, um, I think from like my, my I was congested a little bit, and that you know did something to my voice. But uh, I kind of like it. I think it's better radio voice now. I can't wait to listen to this and play back. It it was it was so deep at the one point. I texted Gagney. I was like I I was like, well, the only real symptom I have at this point was that I I uh, I sound like uh, Sam Elliott. Yes. And it was like, well, you know, famous voice. Yes. In, in, in full disclosure, uh, you and I had very similar symptoms, right? You, yeah. you uh, were wiped out uh, for the better part of last weekend. You were running a fever that was going up and down. And um, so was I. Yeah. Except I don't have COVID. Um, I had a pretty, again, uh, I think I'm a magnet. I had a pretty serious uh, leg infection again, which I seem to be a magnet for. I'm not really sure why, but hopefully we're going to figure that out next Wednesday. But um, yeah, I mean, I was wiped out for the better part of four days, had a temperature that ran as high as um, 103. Wow. And then as my girls left two days later, they tested positive for, or one of them. So in my ex household, I have an ex-wife who was positive and they didn't get it. And then two weeks later, my oldest got it and no one else has it. So, uh, you know, that's what really has to be studied at the end of the day. Right. Yep. 
if something is so contagious, you know, like, you know, you said your whole family. Great. That makes scientific sense, right? It went right. through your whole household. Quickly, like that. Quickly, boom. But how come it does it? How come it gets to the Boston Celtics and only one guy has it? Or yeah. New England Patriots and two guys have it? Or a household where one parent gets it, no one else gets it. And then later on, one child gets it, no one else gets it. Yep. You know, is it looking for something? Like, is it looking for, I mean, until we figure that out, is there a code this is looking for? Is it a blood type? Is it a deficiency in vitamin? What's it, what, whatever it is, that I think needs to get studied. I'm tired of the whether masks work or not. It's very but, simple. The, the, the particles of COVID are much tinier than the holes in the mask. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember one. This is fairly early on. I remember a, a doctor, a friend of mine. Uh, described it this way, and, he, and I said, you know, how, how well do the masks work? And he said, go take one of your baseball buckets, dump the baseballs out, fill it with water, go outside, walk up to your chain link fence, and throw the whole bucket of water against the chain link fence. That's about a good. Now, I don't know. That's just what he said. But, um, you know, I think it makes people feel safe for whatever. So, you know, kudos kudos to them. That's cool. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll say this, you know, it, it, you know it, it, it did go through quick, but we've I was convinced that we've had it before in in the house at certain points, um, you know, but you know, not, you know, to the point where, you know, we felt we had to get tested or should get tested, or even if we could at the time, it was like, you right. know, there was one point where you couldn't get t- tested anyway. Um, yeah. Like I think like way back when this first, I, you know, my, I think my girls had a sore throat. I was like, eh, cause I, I think they were talking at that time, GI stuff might've been involved. I tried to get a test. Like, well, are you running a temperature? Um, no, you know. So I don't know. But yeah. you know, obviously, I'm still on antibiotic for my legs, but no temp, no temperature. But it's it's funny how very similar symptoms. <laughs> um, but obviously, looking at my right leg, which looks like a very long Italian salami yep. um, right now of purpleness. Uh, but yeah, kind of well, crazy. And you're vaccinated, as I am. I'm vaccinated and, and boosted. Uh, and you're boosted. I am not boosted, but um, <laughs> whatever me. that. Means. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, to go this long, and um, you know, for people that listen to the show, know what I do. I mean, I'm around hundreds of kids every single week, and right. you know, also, also their parents and families, and and um, you know, it's what I do for a living. So you know, I have to I have to be there, and um, you know, there's been lots of it, it. It it had surrounded us for for quite a quite some time. Um, and, uh, you know, there was lots, lots of precautions I was taking in addition to the vaccine, like, you know, Kevin too, I was doing the nasal swab stuff and, um, you know, the gargling and that sort of, that sort of thing. So, but yeah, anyway, you just had me look that up, right? I mean, if you look yeah. na- nasal, nasal swabbing is like, it's, 19, uh, it's yeah, been na- proven both yeah. as a prophylactic and as a, yeah. It, so, so especially with Omicron, but, but, but any variant, um, from what I've read and what I've learned is that the viral load lives in the sinuses and the, there's like a feral something, uh, something back there, something back there. That's, that's part of your sinuses and it lives on that area. So, you know, using like an iodine, um, solution mixed with water, or whatever, you'd have to look it up. I don't remember what the yeah. actual cut is, but, um, but yeah, and I, and I was, and they actually even make uh, a product called, um, uh, Nosen. I actually found online. It's basically, it says it, the advertisement is it's hand sanitizer for your nose and it oh, comes okay. with Q-tips and it's, 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 it's a little bit easier on the nose and the iodine, of course, but anyway, I yeah. I mean, 
one of the therapeutic cocktails that they're giving, in addition to ivermectin and monoclonal antibodies, is the same antibiotic that I'm on for my right sepsis. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Who so knows? Anyway, well, who knows? Who knows exactly? <laughs> right. So, uh, you know, I want to maybe start. You know, we got we, we, teacher man is is reared as ugly. Maybe we'll just maybe we'll just start with that. So, um, we could start and finish with that. So. We could start, finish, close with that. So I have my my little mini Andre the Giant here, which is going to come in. So I came across our our you know Twitter, and this guy person teacher man there uh, goes by that handle on Twitter. You can look him up. Richard Sheck, I think, has now had a ten thousand dollar. Um, he's now, if you look on his, uh, Twitter, uh, his Twitter, feed. Like, <laughs> Twitter feed, he's got, first of all, he's got like all these major league hitters that are not doing anything that he's saying, including amongst them, you know, uh, one of the greatest right-hand hitters I've ever seen. And you said Manny Ramirez, you know, one of the greatest left-handers that, you know, in the modern day, George Brett, that he's, he's saying that. <laughs> and probably. And not, <laughs> and, and, and probably the 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 best modern right-handed hitter in baseball, and Mike Trout, who was clearly not doing what right. he was suggesting. You know, his back foot is off the ground very early. So he's got. I gotta. I gotta. He's he's got. I'm gonna share my screen. You try to pull here. him up. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> he's, so he's got this. Uh, is it shared? Did I share it? There you go. Nope. So he's got this this thing here, right? You can see this, right? Where He's no, going. He can't see not, it. You can't see it. Nope. Hold on. How about uh, now? There we go. There you go. So he's got this thing, Mike. I'll describe it. And then you know, you're more. You're the, definitely the hitting guy. Uh, this, you know, for years it's been saying, you know, knob to the ball, which you don't teach that, and no one really, really teaches no. that. But he's got this flick, this HLP, where he literally, if you, I've got both side by side of what he's doing. All I know is one thing, regardless of swing or whatever you have to do, there's one thing, one vital thing that you need to do in order to hit a baseball. You have to be able to see the baseball. Right. (laughs) And he's doing this like head jerk where both of his eyes, you can only hit a moving beach ball, let alone a baseball. Look, the reason... Kevin, and he's timing. That, he's got the time. He's got the clock. I, I know. I just realized that he's got the clock. Oh, so he's yep. <laughs> but go on. Sorry, Mike. No, just that the, the the absurdity of this that any hitting coach actually that will will tell you any baseball player to play baseball, uh, you know, at even a a moderately high level, will tell you that you're right. You have to see the ball, and the reason why breaking balls exist is because when the ball's moving, it's harder to track. And it makes it harder to hit what he's doing with this head. Now, if you can see in the video on the right, that says HLP. Okay. You can see he's tilt. He's bringing his head back and he's going to actually change his view in two different ways. He's changing it is the, the, the level of it. And he's also changing the distance of it. It's almost now, making like a, like a C with his head, correct. right? He's doing like some, yeah, correct. Correct. So it's, it's kind of back and down. And so you're, he's basically taken, you know, you could, a fastball is hard to hit like that because he's making a fastball almost like a breaking pitch. Instead of the ball moving, his head's moving. It's the same type of effect and it makes it harder. That's why your head, keeping your head still, your eyes on the ball as long as possible is super important. And, and as we all know, 
you know, the eyes don't track all the way to the ball. Right. Um, so, you know, keeping your eye on it for that, you know, all the way to that last second is of major importance and anyone will tell you that. And, you know, the example I give Kevin and, and, you know, I've used it a bunch of times, but I'll say it again. You know, if, if I'm holding a book in front of Kevin and he's reading it and all of a sudden I twist it and put it at a 45 degree angle, he's going to lose the spot. He's going to have to, his eyes are going to have to readjust, look for the spot that he was at to pick back up where he was reading. And that's essential with breaking balls there too. You see it on a certain plane. There's something called tunneling that we talk about in, in pitching and hitting, right? There's, there's tunnels that you throw in and balls that move across those tunnels are harder to hit. Um, that's why a lot of guys like, you know, Chris Sale is an example whose, you know, ball would move, um, you know, across three, sometimes four tunnels. That's hard to hit, you know, you change, change the planes and, and the tunnels you're doing that to yourself with, with that. And it's, and it, it makes it remarkably hard. And so one last thing I'll say, Kevin, so just at a bare minimum, he's got to stop talking about hitting and maybe start talking about swinging at a bare minimum. Cause there is a different, you know, there's a little bit of a delineation. I just, I just, I can't. No one, no one in major league baseball hits like this. They'd never be able to hit like this. I don't no. know. Um, you hear people talking about it on the broadcasts, right? Color guys would be like, look at his head here in a swing. Right. I mean, you would see it all the time. Yeah. It, it's like, it's, it's insane. It's insane. And, and, insane. and, and the knob to the ball thing, like he's comparing knob to the ball. Most people aren't teaching that anymore. Yes, that was the thing that was taught for quite some time. Um, you know, let's say even into, you know, from the early aughts to like, I don't know, 2010, 2012. But it's 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 less and less. You will still hear some big leaguers talk about it. Um, but I think they're using it as a way to think about keeping their hands inside the ball rather than bringing the, the knob out and around, you know. Right. Um, you know, this and that's the thing too is like interpretation, right? Certain things mean different, um, something different to to depending on, on who's saying it and and who's receiving it. Um, so yeah, I, it's it's getting to the point of ridiculousness, though. And can we talk about so what's he offering, Kevin? So he's offered ten thousand dollars, which I'm gonna brings us back to the the '80s, right? When there was the remember the body slam challenge. That's right, Big John Stud. Could Andre the Giant body slam Big John Stud for ten thousand dollars? So he's he's offered ten thousand dollars for anyone to challenge him, like he has, uh, you know, to challenge him. That so, his swing is faster. Faster to what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, is he creating more bat speed or is he, is he faster to the ball? Is he faster to the contact there? What is he, what, you know, and this is good. This is the other thing that I think it's a near impossibility because he, this guy moves the goalpost better than anybody. Mm. Right. I mean, he'll just start making stuff up. I mean, what he's teaching, he's telling people that every big league hitter does like we talked about yet people that know hitting really well, People that are experts in it can't see it. Right. And he just says, Oh, you just don't see it. I'm, you know, he's the only one on the planet that can see only it. Only on the planet sees it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's uh and then everyone else is, dicey. Everyone else is like stupid. Yeah, it's uh <laughs> it's 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 it, 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 and I I just don't know. I mean, and this again goes back to our whole thing about baseball at the top of the list, but other sports 
that a negative result is glorified. Can I use a drumstick here, Kevin, and, and try I'd to explain when I gonna play the, are you gonna play the drums? I got the drums right behind me. I got an electric drum kit. It's these things are the best. Uh, because okay. you know you can use them on a speaker or on a on headphones. But anyway, okay. I'm gonna use this. This is what I think he thinks he's teaching. Can I can okay. I say this? And so what, think this is good. Well, I mean, because look, we always want to try to understand what you know, people that are out there teaching kids. Um, you know, what their goals are. I, I do refuse to believe that people are out there intentionally trying to lie to people and get them to do the wrong thing. I, I just refuse to believe. I think they're just misunderstood or, 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 you know, they have a misunderstanding of what it is that they're trying to teach. And this is it, Kevin, right here. So the top hand. This is it. Here we go. This is it. Right? This is good stuff right the here. Top hand. Now, this is what he's teaching that, right? Now, is that your snap? That's my best snap. I'm okay. sure that I'm sure that Richie could tell me that I'm not doing it right or I'm not doing it, whatever. Um, but this is what I see that he's, you know, I know he has him practicing this, right? So now this here, when you when, when the hitter turns, right, the palm is facing forward. Okay, that's how we teach. Sometimes mm -hmm. you get a palm facing the, the, the batter. We try not to do that. We try to get the wrist cock so the palm's facing forward. Okay. At contact, of course, your palm is facing up. So this top hand has to turn. And that would be supination. So we're going from you that's know, right. Neutral that's supination. Yep. So so the hand is going to supinate. Okay. Now, so most are taught, especially at a younger level, to keep the bat at a 45 degree angle. Okay. So if I turn to the side, it's about 45 degrees. So that the knob, and they would say, okay, point the knob at first or flashlight, point the light into the opposing batter's box. Oh, I like that. Okay. Okay. And that's how you teach a young kid. Okay. Now, then it kind of moved to a little more advanced where I want to get, I want to cock the hand a little bit. So I want that knob to now point the flashlight at the catcher's foot the catcher. or the shin. But once it gets to the knee, we're starting to wrap. Okay. There's an even yet more advanced thing, which I'll talk about quickly in a minute because it's all related. All right. So now we'll go back to the drumstick. So never can see. Now, this is not a chicken drumstick. Of course, this is an actual drumstick. So that top hand is going to turn, right? So if I'm at this 45 degree angle and I turn, this top hand's got to do this. It's got to twist, supinate, get to palm up for contact. What you see in a lot of hitters, I think of Giancarlo Stanton straight off the top. Aaron Judge actually is one as well. You see hitters, you see it a lot in softball. And, and from my perspective, I would call this a bit of a hitting flaw. They get their elbow underneath and the best way to show this is what you want your top hand to do is this right because it's going to slot into like your side where your ribs are and what he's teaching and what some hitters what a Giancarlo or Aaron would do is more this so instead of this right it's this really elbow crashes underneath in this right it's smash into this into the side correct and it's and it's a it's a snap back so now the way that we'll teach it now, Kevin, so, you know, if we have a more advanced hitter, I will teach the flat and the bat a little bit earlier. So it looks like this, Kevin, right here, right? So instead of the 45, I'm going to let it flatten at the load phase so that when I turn, the barrel's already on plane with the when catcher's you, mitt. When you what? When I turn. Turn. <laughs> uh, yeah. When my core turns, when I turn oh, my midsection. When you yep. turn. I gotcha. Yep. As in rotational force. As in that. Oh. Yep. Right? So that barrel is on plane. Not snap. You turn. Turn. You turn. Your hands don't do anything until you get to contact. That natural supination, like if you're going to include that, fine. But that's an. it should be an involuntary thing as a hitter, and it certainly doesn't have anything to do with your bat speed at all. 
add all what's there. In fact, the only job of the hands is to keep the barrel behind the ball, keep them in the zone as long as possible. That's it. They're the steering wheel. The engine is your core. And, 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 and thankfully, we have guys like Kevin who can back that up by saying, well, yeah, that's actually how the body is supposed to move. This isn't an opinion. This isn't a quote-unquote philosophy of hitting. You know, my, you know how I feel about philosophies when it comes to hitting, right? No, it's how you're supposed to move. Which, you say that, yeah, I got you it. know, like the, the physics is, you know, we'll, we'll use my glasses here. We got two legs, right? Get my so, glasses. My glasses. My shoes. So whether you're, you know, equally 80, 20, whatever it is, right? If our back foot, we'll say is here in my right hand, okay? As the body begins to, it can only turn off one of these, right? It can't, it can't, I mean, yes. Could it turn off two legs? Yes, but to generate the most power, we want to have one access or one post to move our marigold around. So he's saying everything is off the back foot. He's literally arguing me, said there's no weight on the front foot at all. Right. Okay, impossible. So as the body is turning, it, it, the weight is shifting from one pillar to the other pillar to finish on, just like the golf swing, just like the tennis swing, you know, with, with, two or three fractions off of each one. That's a rotary swing, but everything starts at her belly button because hey. that's where the spine is. And that hey. can't be, you could, you could tell me it's the, it, it's no. Okay. Cause again, the, the, how you solve this or how you double check this is you are a person with no arms and no legs and we've given you prosthetics. How do you move them? Right. Well, and we could sum this up too and say, look, don't take our word for it. Go, go look at, at professional big league hitters on YouTube and you'll, you, you'll be hard pressed to find that many that even keep their back foot on the ground when they swing. Right? He's got a, he's got a Venmo. He's got a Venmo things. Like he's in, like he's, he's out there. He yeah, is. Like, he's really out there. And by the way, I think he's almost arguing against himself because there's him and then there's he's put up the rest Judge of the hitting again. community. Yeah. Well, well, that like, was sort dude, of his like, one guy. Yeah, well, but even like Aaron Judge is not so. In and I and I was thinking about this. So yes, did he do something to him? I'm not sure, but you know, Aaron Judge was a fringe player in 2017. wasn't going to make the team. He did hit 50 some home runs. hasn't hit anywhere near that since. Can't stay healthy, which is one of these. But he was like a dead pole hitter, which is you know, which he's not now. He hits a lot of his home runs to right center field, a ton, which straight away like right. Yeah, which doesn't look anything like like he's like he's he's talking about. Oh my god! Well, the so, other thing is, and that's what I'm. That's why I'm suggesting that I, I I and this is my opinion. Okay, that I think that he's trying to teach, and 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 maybe he got Aaron Judge to maybe activate his top hand and use a little more, which often helps hitters, especially higher level hitters. Not that they don't know about it even, but sometimes reminding them, I mean, it's one of the things that I always leave for the end, Kev, when we're working with hitters right. and, you know, we work on the rotation we'll get to the bottom hand and keeping the elbow down and pulling through with a straight left wrist or bottom wrist. Right. And then at the end you go, okay, now add the top hand, really punch the top at the end. And then boom, all of a sudden four or five, six mile an hour difference in exit velocity. Right. So I, I'm, I'm hoping but for sure, it's for certain guessing. Like he's got, I mean, this, I mean this is what this whole show is about, right? He's got, I'm just going through, he probably has 60 tweets about this 
back and forth. Now that's what I'm saying. He's like arguing he against himself. The, funny, the, the, the greatest thing is he's tweeting about Jeff Fry, okay, former guest on the show. Yep, like him, dislike him. Good guy to us, right? I don't know. Yeah, we like him. Nice I like guy. Jeff. We like him, but he's blocked Jeff Fry. So Jeff Fry can't respond to any of these things, which is which is great. Like he's and he's there's another guy on here, um, a guy who I'm gonna has he really blocked Jeff? Yes, he's blocked him. And, and there's another guy on here, um, I use my Pennsylvania roots. I can't. Tony uh, begins. I'm gonna butcher his name, so I'm not even. He's he's from Reading, Pennsylvania. We've had we've had lots of talks um, off. Uh, you know, back and forth uh, on Twitter. I want to get him on the show. He's also has the same sort of pitching. He's a high school coach. Has some sort of pitching philosophy that he's anti toe drag. We can get to that later. But mm-hmm. I mean, he's blocked him, so he's he's attacking these people. And not that they would defend themselves because I'm sure they don't really care. Right. But they they only can get it if someone else forwards it to them. So this guy's just like, dude, if you're gonna talk shit then, you know, stand up and talk shit. But he's like, you know, got these Venmos. Dude, they can't see your tweet. You've blocked them. Well, I got to like, say. So it's like, so, hey, audience, when he's ta- calling out Jeff Fry, Jeff Fry can't see his tweets. Right, right. And I'm sure people are sending them to Jeff, whatever, right? But here's the thing, you know, and, and that's that's why, Kevin, you know, so it's it's not hard to know that uh, Kevin's the one that gets on social media and, and sort of mixes it up with everybody. I don't. I don't really do that. Um you know, it's getting harder to not. It's getting harder to stay quiet. And the only reason I don't is because it's a no-win situation. Because at the end of the day, if you win an argument, or you're not going to really turn anybody. Very rarely are you going to get someone who is honorable enough, and you know, uh, you know, is 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 confident enough about themselves to say, "Hey, you know what? I think I learned something from you today," and you know, that changes my mind. That doesn't happen anymore. You know, you, when confronting people with with facts okay even if they're facts that 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 um disprove the idea that other person is presenting they dig their heels in deeper they double down right and so right. And when they can't say anything else they just you know they start name calling and they yeah. block you you know and I, and, I, and I mentioned it last week that you know we, we we've had this back and forth about the person who teaches the toe drag and you know someone close to me in in baseball said look they're, they're never going to admit that they're wrong, even if what they are teaching is one completely not what they're saying, you know, saying promoting health, when it's actually injuring people because they'll be out of business. It's, you know, they got to put food on the table too. And, you know, and that's why we have the podcast. Be like, look, this is this, you know, two plus two doesn't equal 66. Okay. <laughs> and and this is kind of what we show, what we do. And, so, and I think we'd respect an opinion. Like let's say for, the sake of argument, right? Let's play a hypothetical here. And let's say that someone who believes in the toe drag as a pitcher came on and say, Hey, look, you say that it's more injurious. Okay. And, and I'm saying, and again, I'm pretending to be the other side yeah. here. I'm saying, all right, the toe drag may be more injurious, but we believe, I believe that it's going to maximize velocity. And if that means it may increase the risk of injury, so be it. But I think it's a, you know, it's worth it's worth yeah. the risk. Of the one. You know what I'm Give, saying? Right. You, That's right. You're you agree. brilliant. Right. Give me something. Right. Don't call me names and try to tell me what I'm saying is wrong. That's all I'll say. All right. Now we just disagree. And, and like the philosophy, of that's it. And that's okay. That's right. I have, I, that would be so much more beneficial for the game and for the listeners or whatever. Be like, look, you know what? 
I did the toe drag. Maybe it gave me more balance. Maybe I felt more confident with it. Maybe it helped me at breaking pitches. At least give me some reason. Right. But don't tell me that what I'm seeing is not what I'm seeing. Don't tell me that dragging your toe is helping hip rotation. It's friction. Right. It's a formula. It, you know, don't, I mean, just right. look, we're doing it because X, Y, Z. Okay. And I've asked that question a thousand times. You can't get an answer. No. And that's the bummer of it. Right. And it's, uh, you know, everything becomes like hard one side, hard the right. other side. I mean, COVID's <laughs> become that's like, you know, like in the first time uh, in history, a virus has become political. It's insane. So it's like, you know, sports, I guess, are no different. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, it becomes, uh, you know, something I know we want to talk about at some point. It's like, you know, pet peeves. Yeah. So right. moving on to our pet peeves, can we see my screen here? <laughs> no, we're, we're, nice. I didn't even know you're doing that. See that? How about that? No. So, um, it's no secret to any of my colleagues who may be listening that I literally detest the American Physical Therapy Association, which is our governing body. You go so far and as to say loathe? Loathe, yes. I don't wow. think I spell Yeah. And, and the reason why is very simple. The physical therapist has dropped on the totem pole exponentially over the last 20 years. And it's due to it's due to the fault of poor leadership, poor lobbying of the APTA. Now I've got these things I just saw popped up in the town I live in. These stretch labs. Have you have you seen those stretch labs? I've heard about it. I haven't seen them yet. All right. I'm not saying stretching is good. Dude, they're literally, literally, if you take out the word stretch lab and you put perfect motion sports therapy in there, they're literally advertising physical therapy. Reduce falls, decrease chronic pain, all this kind of stuff. And what's, really? what are the physical therapy? And look, 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 and I've heard, I've heard a um, commercial to be a franchise that they're not competing with physical therapists. Well, you're certain, of course you're not, because there is no competition because we don't put up a stink. So they're literally <laughs> non-licensed clinicians. Like how is stretching preventing falls in the elderly? So I'm like, oh my God, like I, Dude, I remember, and this is like years ago when I first started in practice, Revere, Massachusetts. Went into second floor, 385 Broadway in Revere. And I'm there advertising. You know, I, I you know, I was one of back in 1999, I was probably one of the handful of people in Massachusetts that had a website, handful of uh, not people, but therapists, handful right. that had electronic medical records, all that kind of stuff. I'm in business like I don't know, four months, I got a registered letter from the division of registration. You know, that's like, what, what, what is this? I open it up a board complaint. I'm looking through, I'm looking through, you know, not a patient, the chiropractor upstairs <laughs> wife put a complaint in with the board of registration because I was advertising. Is that now, not fair to her? Like, what was how? What's so the point of it? They should have looked, and this is what I mean by like, you should have gotten them and been like, "Are you serious?" Right. And thrown it out. Call the person up and said, "Are, are you serious?" Right. They We're hauled me in. Time. They hauled me in. I remember going from the the board of division of registration the board. One one person. She was a woman in Cape Cod. I don't, I don't even remember her name. Who said? And they just they just literally brought me in to break my balls. I didn't break wasn't breaking any law, right? Because right. I mean, gotta look at the advertising that happens now, right? 
literally said, well, I have a practice on the Cape and I don't have to advertise. And my lawyer was like, so he breaking the law. No. And they left, but you know, you know, thousands of dollars in legal fees. And this is what we have become as, as a profession. You know, we were in the picture here. Okay. This <laughs> long way to get back to this. If you pretty much, and this, I just Googled this physical therapy and shoulder exercises. And I did not want to embarrass any of my colleagues who actually have pictures very similar to this on their website. There can't be a worse exercise, a worse movement in the human body for the upper extremities than the dead lateral raise. It is bone on tendon with weight. Any first year physical therapy student who's taken one anatomy class should know that this is horrific, but you will see publications from the APTA shoulder courses and you'll see this picture. Yeah. And then we wonder why stretch labs or your massage therapist or your personal trainer is absolutely killing us in market share because of something like this. And that's a huge pet peeve of mine. <laughs> I, I'm with you. And, I, and let me ask you something. So this, the stretch, lab, you know, this sounds to me like it's a, it's like the, the stretch labs things like a, it's a, they're a sandwich. Okay. And, and what I mean by that is like, I feel like the Chris sandwich of yoga. So, you know, it's the old joke that, you know, I, I forget which comedian actually talked about it, but you know, how we Americanize things. Right. So mm-hmm. it was the croissant and we, croissant. we took the croissant and that became the Chris sandwich. Right? right. And I feel like these stretch labs are like the Chris sandwich of yoga. Right. It sounds like, yeah, it right. Could, it like, could very well be. You know, because I, I mean, I, if you're going to stretch as a workout, I mean, could, is is there anything better than you know, yoga? Well, I mean, here's the thing with you know, like, okay, let's say someone's got a problem, right? Like a problem, and like some sort of, you know, dislocation. Something's not in alignment. Something. I mean, to me, when you're doing a static, prolonged stretch, I hope to God that someone cleared that person to be able to do that. Like you can come in by, yeah, I'm going to stretch your neck for 25 minutes. Well, yeah, we have a sublux T2. Right. Did anyone check that? Is that, is is stretching indicator, contraindicator for that? Depends on the case, but what has the American physical therapy associate? What has the physical therapies therapist in Bedford, Massachusetts, where this is nothing. I happened to make a comment and I asked quickly on their, on their, um, not either Twitter or Instagram, how your prolonged stretching prevents falls in the elderly. Cause that's what you're claiming. Of course, I'm again, still waiting for that answer. Well, but that's when what you I was go getting out at. to the public dude. And you say like, look, come here. I'm going to prevent fall. Dude, if you can falls, especially in the elderly, it's not tightness. <laughs> right. I, mean, I have a lot of things going on. You know, are they looking at what medication? I mean, there's so much that goes into a case, especially when we talk about falls in the elderly. I have a hard time looking at that and be like, okay, like, but you know, people are paying money for it. So I guess you get what you pay for. Well, there's all these, and then they'll look at the lateral oh. raise. So my, you know, my association is never going to raise a question. Like, um, Hey, that'll never happen. 
these things pop up everywhere. I mean, how, how many fads you've been around for how many fads and strength training or whatever, like, oh, God, you know, and yeah, look, absolutely. I'm not knocking him. I don't Do know. You remember, like, um, I, you know, the thing, what was the, the kick, the kick, ki, ki, what was oh. the kick, what was that? That was a race yes, for a while. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I was doing Billy Blanks, yeah. yeah, I mean, dude, yeah. you go back to jazzercise, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. like uh, step, step aerobics. Step, there was the P90X. Remember that? P90X, at home yeah. And like, there's all these fats. I mean, and not to say that they don't work. I'm sure some of them, you know, are, are good workouts, whatever, you know? I mean, in fact, the P90X, I actually did that for a little while because, of course, you know, it was the thing to do. Same Oh yeah, and uh, and you know now there's Orange Theory, Orange right? Theory, yes. which is like what goes on in there. I have you know, no idea. You know what goes on in there? I don't. It intrigues <laughs> me because I'm like just. A, we should go in. Like, what's the theory? Would. Why is it orange? What goes on in there? I know. If and anyone and, knows, and, please contact. Please contact. I'd love yes. to know comments what's going on for that. By the way, we should be asking for some people to subscribe to our channel, by the way, every time we always forget. Yeah, to yeah that, please so subscribe. Please to do our, that right? and leave a comment about Orange Theory if you do, yes. if you know, or even if you don't know, let's see what your theory about Orange Theory is. But uh, it's intriguing. I'll, t- I'll, I'll say that, you know, um, but yeah, there's all these these sort of fads that come along and and even inside of, you know, traditional um, disciplines like yoga, right? Because there's you no know, the Bikram yoga and the hot yoga. Right. And, and goat. isn't there one what with about goats? The goat yoga? That's the one. Goat yoga. <laughs> what? What are we talking about, people? Seriously. Like, and, and look, I'm I'm guessing that I know nothing about the stretch labs. They could be wonderful people doing wonderful, wonderful I, things. I, I yeah, right? I have I'm just saying, like when you're you're talking preventing falls, you know, it's a complicated case. Are 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 the people doing it right? Qualified. Qualified. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, Good and, work. and, but, you know, my thing is like, you know, do you, do you have to be, because people look, if you're going to buy goat yoga and I know people did, that was a thing. I think it mm-hmm. still is. It's still a thing. Yeah. Right. I mean, how, maybe this, the stretch, you know, these people look at it and go, Hey, let's, uh, you know, let's just come in and do some calisthenics and some static stretching and, you know, people sign up. I don't know. I'm not saying that's what this place is. I'm just saying, no. in theory, you could open anything right. because of, you know. Yeah. And my point was like, my own people went after me for advertising. Now we got all these things popping up there. I mean, at least I'm a licensed clinician. <laughs> that, that should mean a lot more than it does. Right. That and that's the whole thing. It, it doesn't. And, it, and it's, it's because of, well, you know, it's because of infighting and it's because of uh, uh, all different kinds of stuff. But it starts with our association, which, by the way, to join the APTA at the minimum is a grant. Like to jump for all the stuff. Oh, yeah, because you got to join and you got to you have to join the. So if you join the, the national, you have to join the state. You can't. Yeah. Do, yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's, Kev, so you got to look out. But hold on a second. Hold on. You can't <laughs> complain about it because. You pay that, but then they're going to protect you if some place tries to open up claiming to do what you do by oh. stretching or something. Oh, they don't? No. Oh. They don't, they don't do that. They don't, <laughs> they, don't, they don't think that they did that. No. Yeah, I don't Yeah, I don't think that they didn't do that very well. But, you know, so that's my pet peeve, Michael. What? What? There has to be some drill or coach yeah. or teach that has to drive you insane. There's a couple. There's a couple that really drive me crazy. <laughs> so, 
I'm going to give a couple. One of them is really easy because because right. I know you you share the same one, which is the bend your knees. I hate hearing bend your knees. I, I it drives me crazy. Right. And because you'll see kids literally go and actually bend their knees forward. You get slouchy like their their neck roll. It's just it, it takes their whole body out of us. It's just so that drives me crazy. And I hear them go, yeah, like that. Just like that. Doesn't that feel better? And the kid goes, yeah, because kid didn't know. Right. And so, yeah, bend your knees drives me crazy. Um, another and one. That from, yeah, uh, good. You know, from a, my point is, is, is the worst. So if we have the lateral raise is the worst movement for the upper extremity. Bending your knees first is the worst movement for the lower extremity. And and how did it get there? Like, because I remember even on uh, like heavy packages, remember they started putting warnings to mm-hmm. like, don't, you know, don't lift, lift with, with your, lift. Yeah. Bend your knees. Don't lift with your back. Bend your knees. And it's like, dude, you th- can't not lift with your back if you bend your knees. I think it's a it literally, I thought about this. I think it's a lesser of two evils, right? It's probably a lot easier to tell 330 million people to at least bend their knees, which is better than bend over straight from your back and then try to do it. I guess. You know what I mean, so yeah. it's you know at right. least it, at least it's some assemblance, but to, you know then teach three hundred thirty. I mean, it's so difficult to teach people how to move in a squat. It would take you know the weatherman when he's talking about to lift the heavy snow seven episodes. You know what I mean to get people to do it correctly. I mean, which it's is crazy. Evil. I guess, but it is crazy because right. I mean, it is. A basic movement and that's the thing it's not you know i i know in like of in some countries people will sit and eat lunch like that mm-hmm. right without a chair they'll just kind of go in a squat position they'll just mm-hmm. squat and um and and sit there and, and and eat or read a book i mean i've seen it here in this but you know it's not you know we have okay, i mean Everyone has chairs everywhere. Yeah, we've we've got children. Look how they first start to move. That's what I'm saying you know, diaper to heels every single time, and they would stay there. They could sit there for hours playing blocks or coloring yeah. or doing whatever. Yeah, it's just gotten, you know. But you look at, you know, I watched some. There was some football on last week. I don't know if you pay attention, but you know, watching Slept these guys warm up, and I'm thinking to myself, who is teaching these guys how to move? I didn't see one anatomically or kinesiologically correct movement in any of the flashes that they had. And they're wondering why the injury rate is so high. I know. I know. Hey, yeah, I can run a four, two, five, but you know, I, my, my, I can't do a lunge. And of course then they had weight and that makes it even better. Oh, there's another pet peeve. The oh, lunge. the pet peeve. I dug the, one up. The lunge. The lunge. Nobody Not does lunge. the lunge. No, correct. Lunge or lunge. Lunge. G, yeah. <laughs> Nobody does the lunge correctly. Now I'm going to ask you, right? Physical therapist, Doctor yes. Kevin McGovern. I don't think I is, can help you. Is the lunge a front leg or back leg exercise? Michael, that is a great question, and the answer to that question is it is a rear leg exercise. Boom! But so, everyone treats it so, like a front lunge, right? And the and the reason, you know, so. A, a lunge is 90, 90, 90. Front right. leg at 90 degrees, torso 90 degrees, back leg 90 degrees. Drop your and, hips. Yeah, or right. drop from your loins um, yeah. straight down. And I can tell you as having a ACL deficient and crappy knee forever, I could never really do one 
where my right leg is the back leg because right. of all the patellofemoral pain and because gotcha. it's a back leg exercise. That's yep. all. No, I, I I'm with you. And I just, so when I think it's like, you see, cause you brought up, you know, the NFL, you know, warmups and it's like just lunge forward, come off the front leg. They step into the next one. They let their momentum Happen. go forward oh, onto their front leg. Terrible. I see that all the time, all the time. So I know we want to wrap up soon, but I have one more pet peeve that I have. To this. And this is a bit, ba- this is a baseball. And I think this is important to put out there because I, that's another one I hear a lot. Okay. And this okay. isn't really me. This isn't mechanical. Which may take some by surprise. What do we got? It's this. It's this saying. Step up in the box. Get up. Move up in the box. Oh, the pitcher's too slow. Get up in the box. Oh, he's got a breaking ball. Get up in the box. Now. Okay. We could talk for a long time about if it's going to really affect a breaking ball or not. Okay. The difference isn't going to be that much, but, but take that aside. You more often hear it because kids are early baseball players hitters are swinging early they're not waiting for the ball from yep. the pitcher and it's oftentimes when they're facing a slower pitcher and which brings me to another pet peeve which is he's too slow i can't hit it well i'm going to put that one away real quickly because if he's too slow for you to hit then you would never be able to hit a ball off the tee cuz that's at a dead stop right by that theory okay so that's silly there's no such thing as too slow but the movement of the box doesn't do anything because when you're swinging and missing early, it's a timing issue of when your brain, that point where the ball gets in front of you, okay, depending on the velocity, maybe it's 10 feet in front of you, 15 in front of you, right? 15 feet where your brain goes, okay, time to start. That doesn't change whether you move up in the box or not. So you move up in the box, you're still going to be early if you're trying to do it because you know, the pitching isn't fast enough for you. It's going to just, you're going to continue to be early no matter what, because again, you're, you're moving in space, but you're not changing that, you know, that, uh, you know, it, we call it the, like the decision point, right? There's a decision point of when that ball gets, you know, again, if someone's throwing 90, Kevin, right. You obviously maybe start swinging when that thing's 25 feet from you, 20 feet from you, you got to decide if you're going to swing, right. All right. If it's 60, you're going to decide when it's like 10 feet from you or 15 feet. You get my point. So that, that, that thing does not, that distance does not change whether you're standing up in the box or in the back. So, but anyway, it's still a a piece of advice going to call it. You hear all the time. Drives me bananas. So I know we want to talk a little about the H O F. So I've got something up here um, that has percentage of ballots known 43.9%. As of the 19th, yep. which is what yesterday, right? A lot of heavy hitters on this uh, list here. <laughs> so in order, we've got Ortiz. So what? what is it? Uh, what's it they get in? 75%? I don't even know. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So we have Ortiz <clears throat> at 83.7. Bonds at 77.3. Really? Clemens at 76.2. Then going down, we got Scott Rowland. Wait a minute. Hold on. Sorry. I heard because uh, I'm writing these down. So you had Ortiz at 83, Bonds at 87. No, no, no. Bonds, sorry. Okay. Ortiz at 83.7, Barry Bonds 77.3. Okay. Clemens 76.2. Wow. Now, then going from there, we got Scott Rowland at 69.2. Okay. Schilling at 60, 59.9. 
Wow. He went down. Helton at 50. Well, this is only like 44%. Okay. And then we have like, and, uh, and we say heavy hitters. So we've got, you know, Andrew Jones, then Billy Wagner, Sheffield, Rodriguez, Alex Rodriguez Manny. is 41. Manny below him. Sammy Sosa, like 25, it looks like. So just to this list, right, of suspicion, you know, we got yep. Poppies, Bonds, Clemens, Schilling, um, Sheffield, A-Rod, Manny, and Sosa. And that goes that we've had us, you know, we've we've talked about this. All home of famers. Yeah, and we've, you know, we've talked about what's a performing enhancing drug. You know, uh, is obviously, you know, growth hormone, but I will argue that um, anti-inflammatory, Toradol, all of these drugs that are given so the people can go play every day is is also oh, Adderall. Right? Adderall, you know, I don't know if that's good, but I mean, I would assume that like for, you know, Having a crane, a bulky knee, right? If right. I got shot with Toradol, mm-hmm. which I know the Red Sox had some some issue with, right? We got shot with Toradol, and I was able to play and got two hits. I mean, is that performance enhancing? I mean, also that you could argue just technology. I mean, look, if medicine were the way it is now, you know, Bobby Orr, great hockey player of the Boston Bruins, would have played another ten years in the NHL, right? Right. I mean. So, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, that's, you, you, you that's why it's like, you got to put them in with, if they deserve it with their numbers, you put them in, people are going to debate the errors, especially in baseball, right? And there's no other sport. I don't, I think that really maybe basketball to some degree, but, but baseball is such a traditionalist sport. Is Roger Clemens a hall of famer? Are you kidding me? Is Barry Bonds ever lived. probably the greatest hitter I've ever seen? A Hall of Famer. Yes. Is David Ortiz a Hall of Famer? Yes. yes. Scott Rowland. He's close. I, I Kurt, so. Kurt Schilling's a Hall of Famer. For sure. Alex Rodriguez is a Hall of Famer. For Andy sure. Ramirez is a Hall of Famer. For certain. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like it's like it's silly. It's silly. You know, it makes, at, and it makes it like well, these. You know, the like. Okay, and just just. You know, we talk about the injury rate in pitchers, right? How it's going up. Yep. Well, one, one, you know, one curveball we haven't talked about is maybe one of the reasons why it didn't go up during the steroid era is because they were on steroids too. Worse. First they were. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you just think the hitters were taking them? Like that's just insane. Everyone was taking them. And it by had the way, to have been. And and what about what about back when uh, you know when pitchers were thrown with another. F- you know, six inches on the mound, right? right? When the mound wasn't regulated right. like it is, right? I mean, so, I mean, come off it. Like, let's let's be real here. I mean, there's going to be advantages and disadvantages. You know, the balls, the baseballs were softer, you know, in the 30s, 40s. You know, they weren't as hard as they are now, not wound as right. tight as they are. They don't have the technology to do that. So, I mean, there's so many things. That's That was my point of, like, you can argue generations and eras, and it happens in baseball all the time, 
all the time, you know, and I love those debates because they're great debates. They can go both ways. You know, hey, would Ted Williams, you know, Ted, well, Ted Williams wouldn't hit as well as he as, as he did if he played in today's game. Then you have the other side go, people would, Ted Williams would hit way better if he played in today's game. He'd have video analysis. He'd be able to study and know all the things that he liked to do, but was limited to when he played. Uh, he'd be able to face more watered down pitching because there just weren't as many guys in the bigs back then because there were less teams and smaller rosters, et cetera. So you can argue those back and forth. And I think it's great. It's one of the great things about the, the game of baseball that you could sit and debate and actually give some serious thought to. And um, I think at this, Kevin, though, we know what this is. This is, you know, I hate to say it, but it's kind of like, you know, wannabes are the ones that are trying to, that are making the votes for these people. These writers, like you there's know, not uh, a baseball player living right now, living who yep. does not think that Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens should be in, not be in the Hall of Fame. There's just no way, right? Or, or at least are is worthy of, right? Right? Maybe they have some moral dilemma too, but whatever. But, but, but absolutely deserving. I agree with you. But why, why, why is it sports writers that get to vote? It, it's so. You know, talk about, you know, the game of baseball needs to change some of its old rules. And this is a modern day sport. Yep. And one of them should be that right off the bat. Right. Is get Has the, anyone get, in the, the Hall of Fame off. ever been arrested for drugs? Yes. <laughs> Has anyone in the Hall of Fame ever been arrested for assault and battery to a woman? Yes. Yep. Okay. Like murder. There's murderers in there. I mean, come on. Let's, there's let's racist. There's there's everything. Yeah, I mean, let's let's enough's enough. Like enough. Just enough. Enough. Enough's enough. Yeah. That's it. But this is it. You got these people taking the moral high <laughs> That's ground. It. Yeah, That's it. Just, you know, like, let's look in your, let's, you know, Dan Shaughnessy, local Boston guy has, you know, Ortiz as Jeff Kent's the only person on his ballot. Come on. Uh, dude. You're just doing that so that people will talk about you. And the right. best thing that can happen is that no one talks about you because you're irrelevant. He's going to say, I have a moral obligation and I take an ethical stand and but you know, get the hell out of here. Yeah, exactly. Like goof. Uh, what a goof. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I think that was a pretty good Michigan show, right? Yeah. We kind of got good potpourri. Got some, stuff, got some potpourri. Uh, you know, we uh just to give an update, we are diligently working on our exit velocity program. Uh, we're looking at different uh, bat types and packages. Uh, the fundamentals of it, or the workings of it, are essentially. The Mike knows what he's going to teach. I know what I'm going to teach. And it's just a matter of packaging it all together. Um, so please, if you have any questions about that, you can always uh, email the show at info at proveitlive.com. And uh, I guess we'll see you next week. See you next week, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye.